0: Questions you think that you might, uh, you might want to ask God. And you say, God, how come you haven't answered my prayer? Have you ever thought that? I know you have. I've thought that. How come you didn't answer that prayer? But that's not a new question for any of us, is it? Job asked that question. I want you to notice what Job says. But he, he pens that pen right where it needs to be. He, he said, I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer Notice what he says. I stand up, but you merely do what? You just look at me. You have any reply? You're just looking at me. God, why aren't you answering my prayer? You're just looking at me. To some people, prayer is a bit confusing. Not only that, to others, they think it's just a ritual. You do the ritual and you got it done, or they think it's a as an Aladdin's lamp, you know, some genie's going to come down and say, uh, you know, my your wish is my command, et cetera, and, and I'll take care of it and just do a magic one. That's not prayer. Some, some think prayer is a first aid kit. It's the only thing you use during uh, a challenge. And some think, well, it's a tug of war. You got to pull and shove, pull and shove. Buddy, when I pray and I get, I, I talk to God, it's like, pull, it's tug of war, get in the ditch and it's tug of war. Well, here's something I think we all just need to reconcile in our spirit. Now, listen, God desires to answer our prayer. Say that with me. God desires to answer our prayer. Let's say it again. God desires to answer our prayer. Does that resonate with you? Does it settle in? Do you believe that to be a fact? If you do, say, oh, me. I said, if it resonates with you, say, oh, me. If you believe God desires to answer your prayer, why would you ever doubt when in your timeline He doesn't answer? I believe that when I pray, God hears my prayer. Do you believe that? I believe when you pray, God hears your prayer. I believe God's desire is to answer your prayer according to His divine will and His timeline. You say, well, well, when I pray and it doesn't happen, it's like false advertisement. You know, God said, pray whatever you ask in my name and I'll give it to you. That's false advertisement. God must be teasing me. And in that regard, that's too serious to be teased about. Well, I want to give you three things that God does. And does as it relates. Really, not God does. Well, it's already the second service. Number one. Sometimes God says yes. Say that with me. Sometimes God says yes. That's good. Jeremiah thirty-three-three. Call to me, and I will what? I'll answer you, buddy. I like that. I love that. God now we're going to get along just fine. Number two, sometimes God says, well, wait a minute now. Job said, I stand up and I pray, and all you do is look at me. And you know what God's saying? Wait. Sometimes he just says, wait, but I don't like that. I don't like that. I, like, I have a microwave and when I push start I want that baby to go. When in those I'm in authority over I'm going to snap my finger and I want them to jump. Anybody get that kind of response from those that love you? <laughs> oh no. You'll be waiting a long time. But I like wait I don't like wait I like it now and then finally God says uh, no turn to somebody and say no well what's the question you already have the answer what's the question God says no you know what God is saying God says you know what it's my business whether I give you everything that you want God said to several people, no. Abraham. Abraham said, hey, would you make Ishmael my son of promise? God said, nope. Moses said, hey, I want to go on into the promised land. God said, nope. David said, for this kid that I had at a wedlock, I I want you to save his life. God said, nope. Not doing it. A denied request is often devastating to all of our hearts. Why? We like yeses. How many of you by raised hand like a yes better than a no? Amen. All right, let me ask it again because some of you are stove up. How many like yeses better than noes? There you go. How about it, balcony? I can see all of you up there. So here we go. Why does God then say no? Why does he say no? Why does He say no? Here we go. God says no when He has a bigger perspective. He sees things that that we don't see. Hebrews 4.13, He knows about everyone everywhere. Everything about us is bare. Get a load of that. And wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Woo! Oh, he was out on your date with you last night. Mm, He knows what you're thinking. Mm, He knows you're saying, hurry up, preacher, where we can go to lunch. Nothing, say nothing, can be hid from him. Nothing, nothing can be hid from him. What you're thinking right now, he's got you. He's got you. He sees into the future with that wider viewpoint than any individual. You know, we know that life is unpredictable. We can't predict the future. We can't predict the consequence of a bad choice. And as a result, we have some major challenges to deal with. And if you and I were like God and we knew everything You'd think, but if I knew everything, I, I could solve a lot of problems. But here's what you're not counting on. You might know everything as it relates to the good. But I want you to know, I got some good things coming down the track. Why? God told me, next week we are going to have a miracle. Next week we're going to have a miracle. But here's what else you get when knowing everything. You know the bad stuff. Wednesday your daughter's going to have a head-on collision. Whoa now. I don't like knowing that. Or next week, your boss is going to say, get on down the road, Jack. I don't need you no more, no more, no more. Hello, you already live from hand to mouth. You're going to know that too. But here's what it is. God said, you know what you need to do? You don't need to know everything that's going to happen in the future. And you don't whether it's good. And you don't need to know everything that's going to happen, you know, in the future as rate waits to bed. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust me. Just trust me. Say that with me. Just trust me. Say it again. Just trust me. Trust me trust me. How wonderful is that when we do trust God, it means that we're walking attentively by faith, and that by faith we make that commitment to honor God in everything that we do. And the Bible talks strongly about you and me as believers of simply trusting in the Lord. Why? Well, we have a scripture, Proverbs 2, verse number 8, God guards the course of the just and protects the way Of his faithful ones. How many have been faithful? Say amen. Come on, y'all. You know what? How, 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 How many has been faithful? Say amen. Oh, so good. How many was unfaithful this week? How many are saying, I'm not telling? Well, let's go back a page or two in the notes. Everything you are is bare to him. Whew. Lord, throw the hanky on the floor, and let's have an altar call. That's what he says. That's what he says. To those he goes before, and he is He is protecting the way to those that are faithful. He protects the way. Sometimes God says no because he's looking ahead and the way that you're headed, which is in his will, is going to create some problem. And here's what he's saying. I'm going to, I'm going to take you through That rough place that you're going through right now. Paul in Acts 16, verse number 8, you know what? He wanted to go to Asia Minor, and he tried and tried and tried and tried. But God said, no, I don't want you to go. That's not where you're going to go. Paul wasn't embarrassed by the fact that he trusted God. He thought, okay, if he doesn't want me to go, I figured that out. You. So God doesn't answer your prayer. If God doesn't answer your prayer, you can rest assured that he has a reason far bigger than anything you could ever imagine. Write that down in your spirit. If he says no, he has a far bigger reason than anything you could imagine. So if it's not happening, you think, number two, God says no when he has a better plan. When he's got a better plan. Scripture says when God says no, he desires to do something completely different from what you would do. And he he wraps that up in Isaiah 55. You hear it a lot from the pulpit. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. My ways are higher than your ways. In other words, God is saying, hey, in the Living Bible, here's what it says. This plan of mine is not the way you would work it out. God is saying, my way is supernatural. Your way is humanistic and temporal. So you want it my way? My way? Or you want it your way, which is temporary. If you'll hang out with me and trust me and walk with me and not get upset every time you get a knower, I say, wait, here's what you need to know. I'm doing it because I love you, and I'm doing it because you're going to be a a far better gain at the end of the day than what you could ever get. I spoke with a couple not long ago. They they tried and tried to have a child, biological child. They wanted, wanted a precious baby. It, it just didn't. It didn't work. Didn't happen. Spent a lot of money, a lot, lot of, uh, lot of issues and etc. It just didn't happen until we spoke about hey adoption. Uh, they waited that out. Finally, the day came that they got a phone call. You know, from uh, from the agency and said we have an absolutely baby girl that's just born. If you desire, we've talked about this. You can come to the hospital in three days and pick your baby up, and we'll do the paperwork later what do you think they said well we want to pray no they said we'll be right there tell us when to be there where to go etc they went you could not give them a million dollars for that baby today because they thought this baby God you sent us we couldn't do it our way we did it your way and here we are and you know what God said through the authorities that the plan for that baby that God allowed you to rescue was to go in a home where there was sin, where there was drinking, where there was alcohol, and where there was possibility of abortion before it's born. Mom and dad, you rescued that child from eternal damnation. God said, my way. Come on, if you're going to clap, put your feet together and clap them. I have a better way. I know you have thoughts about that. Times that God desired to give you a better plan. And there have been those that said, God, we'd like for you to do it differently. And I'll give you an example. Daniel said, Lord, if you don't mind, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to stay out of the lion's den. God said, well, that's nice, Daniel. But my plan, my plan is for you to go into the lion's den. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut the mouths of the lions. Now, Daniel no doubt thought, if he didn't say it, have you ever shut the mouth of a lion before? And how big was the lion that you shut the mouth of? Those are big lions down at the king's palace. God said, don't sweat it. I will shut the mouths of the lions. Well, are you going to shut them before I get in there? God said, hey, Daniel, your job's to do what I ask you to do. Open the gate. Ooh. This is where your faith kicks in. They opened the gate. Daniel walked in. The lions did nothing. Why? Because God said, that's my supernatural plan. Now, when you boys get out of here, O Wayne Blackburn, in March of 2021 is gonna mention your testimony that's gonna be heard thousands of years later because of what I did. And the three Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys said, God, you know, we hate heat. We're from the North. We don't like the humidity. And we understand that that fire If you were going to barbecue chicken, you could put it in for 15 seconds, and it would totally burn the chicken up. And you, God said, no, I I want you in the furnace. Anybody ever been in there? Sure you have. I want you in the furnace. I'm going to stretch it out. You're going to squeal a little. Anybody ever squealed a little? I've squealed a little, and I've squealed a lot. But by faith, you just get on in there. Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going with you. And the only thing that's going to burn are the cords around your ankles and your uh, wrist. You're going to be free. And I'll be right there with you. And you know why your way would be to run? Run. But my way, the story is going to be told by Wayne Blackburn and Victory Church in March of 2021. And it's going to resonate thousands of years beyond that. People are going to see that fire is nothing compared to my power. That wild animals is nothing compared to my power. I said, if you do it my way, I promise you, you're going to see miracles that you have never seen before if you're willing to do what I say trust me turn to your neighbor again and say trust me trust me trust me you married people do that turn to your spouse and say trust me oh my lord have mercy and you know what he says no you know what he's saying relax and trust god so here's paul paul said i want to go to rome i want to preach I want an opportunity to get in that coliseum. I'm feeling pretty frisky about the word that I'm getting to preach now. I did enough damage when I was Saul, but now I've got an anointing. But I want to get in that coliseum where many people have died. And I'm I'm booking my cruise ticket to be able to get there. God said, no, that's not what's going to happen, Paul. Paul said, what do you say? No, you're, you're going to be shipwrecked. I know you don't like shipwreck, but I need you to be shipwrecked. Yeah, that's what I need you to do. Yeah, your life is almost going to be lost and a lot of people with you, but the only way they're going to be redeemed if you get on the ship and the ship wrecks. Whoa, I didn't know that. And then when you go, you're going to go in bondage and you're going to be in jail. Well, I wanted to go to the Coliseum. Nope, I want you in jail. You see, if you go to the Colosseum, that little conceited spirit that you have, that I have a thorn in your flesh about controlling, it'd be overwhelming for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to prison for a little while. And there are testaments that need to be read and written. By the way, Paul, I'm, they're going to call them New Testament in modern culture in 20 and 21, etc. They're going to call it the New Testament. There's going to be 27 books, Paul, but you are bound here. And 13 of the 27 books... You are going to write. That bears witness of who I am. Hallelujah. Philippians, the joy chapter. Count it all joy, brethren. Oh, God said, I've got a way that is unbelievable. And then the scripture says, when God says no, when he has a greater purpose, when he has a greater purpose. What does that mean? A greater purpose. It means drink water before you cough. Isaiah 46.10. God says, My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. And where's my purpose... Listen carefully to me. God would like to use you to accomplish his purpose. But don't forget if we don't cooperate the way the Lord wants us to cooperate. He has reached out and touched a donkey before. And said you could have had the testimony but the donkey was cooperative. You all with me? Yeah, I, I, the, he was cooperative. So you, you remember that, that whatever, I, I have a greater purpose. As a matter of fact, you're about to go places you've never been because the purpose that I have is far beyond anything that is temporal or could be conceived by, by mankind. And Paul writes again to Corinthians, one of the books, therefore we do not lose heart for our light and momentary trouble are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is, unse- or what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is what? Eternal. You see, I'm in the biggest mess I've ever been in my wife, in life and God. I heard you, Brother Collins. I'm in the biggest mess I've ever been in my life. God said, you're looking at the temporal. You're looking at what you think is reality. But you have no idea what it's going to look like when I untangle this mess. Yesterday, I was doing some work, or Friday, I was doing some work late around the house. There's a rope. I needed a rope. I had one of those ropes that I use when I had my jet ski, and I had, uh, had loops tied in it. had a hook on the end of it, and Sharon handed it to me and said, here, and I'm, it was one mangled mess, and I, I stood there, and I'm trying to untangle it. The more I tried to untangle it, the more tangled it became. I thought, No. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this, big boy. I'm going to untangle this. Then it got to the place, that determination. I thought, listen to me, you little rope. You think you're going to get me down. You are not going to do it. Not going to do it until I kept going and it kept tangling. I estimated the cost of that little rope for replacement. And I walked toward the garbage can. And I thought, I'm about to put you in the garbage you will, you'll wind up in a landfill somewhere. Do you understand? I made my way still over to the garbage, and a voice said to me, and it wasn't Sharon. Don't do it. Don't throw that rope away. I'm thinking, this crazy rope, I could go down and buy one for $6. Little old, tiny ski rope mess. I don't care if it's $50. Tired of it being tangled. God said, no. Don't do it. How many of you know where that rope is today? Still tangled. In the garage. And when I left it, I felt like Clint Eastwood. I said, make my day, I'll be back. So this afternoon, listen, God says, even to the degree If you can't get a rope untangled, don't worry about it. There's a reason I had you go through that little exercise. And there's a reason I wouldn't let you easily throw it away. Not to mention that Sharon might later on say, what did you do with the rope? Do you understand? Paul says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing revelations that were given to me, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but God said to me, Hey, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my powers may perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, difficulties with ropes for when I am weak. For when I am weak, what? I am strong. The mark of spiritual maturity and faith is to be able to accept no, not now. It was Jesus who in the Garden of Simeon, do you remember what he said? I said it in our time of devotion. Hey, no, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. If you don't mind, I'd, I'd, I'd like to not have to go through this. Now, there's some things to remember when no happens in your prayer. Here we go. Everything God does, he does it out of love. He does it out of love. Everything God does, he does it out of love. Romans 8, 28, we know in all things God works together for good of those who love the Lord. And you know when when that happens? You know what the devil does? He'll jump on your shoulder and say, some kind of God you got, bud. Yeah, God doesn't really care about you. He's not dependable. When is the last time he really answered one of your big time prayers? And yet, here's what God says. I love you too much to let that get by. We think God's a vending machine. Throw in a prayer and you get out something. And most of the time, the stuff you get out of a vending machine is not any good at all. Proverbs 25, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. Number two, God always gives us grace. Grace, grace, wonderful grace coming down from the Father above. When he says no, he says, I give you grace. I give you grace. Two Corinthians, Paul's writing, 12, three times I pled. With the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you and my power, my power is made perfect in your weakness. When you're at your wit sin and you're angry at the rope and you are fed up, he said, right then my power is made perfect in your weakness. So when you're going through trouble and difficulty and you can't get an answer and you're not getting cooperation and it appears things are against you and it is difficult and you're having one conflict after another, one improper situation after none other. the money runs out, the fussing begins. God said, hey, you're praying that I remove the storm out of this situation, but if I remove the storm out of this situation, you're going to be weak. But if I keep you in it, let me say to you, you will be strong. My grace is sufficient. So when God says, okay, do you believe that? Here's a couple of things you can do. Number one, you can resist God. You can resist God. You can fight back, get mad, curse God, and say, hey, if you're not going to do it my way, forget it. Number two, you can resent God. You resist and then resent God, you don't love me. Why is this happening to me? I resent you. I'm not going back to church. I'm not going down to to listen to that preacher. The third thing is this you can relax and rejoice. I took that rope, put it in the garage. went down to Dairy Queen. No, I went. And I'd already been to Dairy Queen. I went down. I got in my chair. How many have a chair? Just one. How many has chair a chair that moves? Yeah, so do I. I got in my chair. Relax. God's got everything under control. You might have walked in, said, Lord, I got to deal with that today or this week. That's coming down the pike. I got a whole pile of things I've got to deal with this week. A whole pile of them. A whole pile. But you know what? Before I know it, it'll be this time next week amen amen and i have another whole pile that's it what do you do you just say trusting in the lord enjoying his blessing so whatever it is that's got you all twisted whatever it is that's just rubs you wrong take it to jesus relax trust him and know that he has a better way. He has a better perspective. Understand that the beauty of being able to lay it down and say, God, I, there it is. I tell you what, I want to kick it. I want to slap it. I want to, I almost said curse it, but I'm not saying that because you, you're not, you can't do that. Shouldn't do that. I'm going to leave it with you. Because you got me covered would you stand on your feet yeah I'm gonna relax so here's the question what is it that you've been praying for God to do and he said no what is it you're saying Lord move this storm Tired of dealing with it. What is it that's got you out of whack that you've lost your passion? Listen, you've lost your passion. Do you know it's because of your dedicated passion in the past that God has given you favor for today? We never cash in on the things that we do today. God says you do the work today and the benefit will come when I say so later. But if you toss the towel in, you get mad, you resent, you reject, you become impatient. God said, I can't, I can't do anything with this. Not right. So let's bow our heads right here at At Home and let's repeat this prayer. You ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus Lord, Jesus Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross. I submit to you, I submit to that, you. I that I have sinned and I, need and I need forgiveness. but I believe as I pray, but I as I pray. right now, right now. I, am I am forgiven. Take me through where you need me to go. Give me a promise, give me a, give me a, future, give me a future that brings blessing to you. That blessing I'll, to you. Give you I'll give you praise. No matter what, what. in Jesus' name, name, amen. Amen? Amen. Here's what I know. We have to respond. When God does something, you see altar workers here. Altar workers are here because we just kind of reinstituted that. Holy Spirit spoke and said, it's time. People ask me, when are we going to do this? When are we going to do it? Hey, I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord, God, you reveal I want want everything to be built on his time. Somebody say amen. I do. So if you need, you say, you know, I just, I want to come down and be anointed. It is, I, I just, that's it. You want to be obedient. Oh, and let me tell you, as the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now, your obedience right now, somebody or maybe a few of you, your act of obedience right now will determine your own deliverance. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. Your own own obedience. And those of you at home, what does that mean? Just wherever you're at, you just get up and go over to that phone or that television or whatever whatever it means. Laptop. Put your hand on it. So as we praise and worship, you guys, the rest of you can slip out. Go on out. and Others of you who need to come down. You need to come down. You come down so father I do pray right now for those at home those who might be holding their phone touching the laptop touching the television screen whatever it is they're doing and they are responding in the name of the Lord I pray you'd give them a miracle I ask you God because I know that when I pray you hear it but God this is a moment a moment a moment of redemption and deliverance for them let it be so, for it is not by might or power, but by your Holy Spirit. Now, God, as those in this room respond to this altar, you do the same thing for each and every one of them. And Lord, we'll give you praise in Christ's name. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for being here. If you need prayer, we are here to pray for you. God bless.